Um, so welcome everybody. Uh, yeah, as usual, we've got people from all over and that is, is really great. But wherever you are, we're all part of, of God's family and uh, it, it's fantastic that we can be together um, through Zoom. Uh, in terms of notices, as you will have seen at the beginning, and as Steve reminded you on the chat, it is communion this morning. So if you haven't got your, your bread and your, your, your juice ready, um, perhaps this is a, a good opportunity to go and get it before we take communion later in the service. Um, also, as you saw at the beginning, I'll just remind you that it's Steve who's going to be um, putting people into breakout rooms if they want prayer after the service. And his number there is on the screen, uh, 07941475680. So you would need to text him um, and include your, your name so that he knows who to put into a breakout room. And uh, I'd also like to say many, many congratulations to, to Jack and Nick and to Alice on the birth of Erin, uh, their daughter and sister. So that's fantastic news. She was born yesterday. And um, I, I believe they're home now. Um, so congratulations to, to them as they, they've added to, to their family with the birth of Erin. I'd just like to read a few verses from 1 Chronicles. Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. And Steve is going to lead us in worship now. I want to see you. 
sing your praises, I will sing your praises forevermore. Father God, you are holy, you are glorious. And we do want to worship you this morning. We want to give you the praise and the, the worship and the, the adoration that's due. I'm going to suggest now that perhaps one or two of you unmute yourself and just speak out praises to our God. There will be a time later for intercessory prayer. But um, if you feel led, please lead us in, in prayers of, of worship to God. Thank you, Father God, that you've adopted us into your family. By faith in Christ, we have become sons and daughters of you as our Father in heaven. And thank you for giving us your spirit who seals our identity as your, as your adopted sons and daughters. Father, we, we, we love you, and we, but we thank you that you first loved us in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you and praise you for who you are. You are such a wonderful and loving God. And Father, I, I just don't know what I'd do without you, really. <laughs> but Father, I just thank you that you, you are the all-surpassing, all-loving, everlasting Father. And Father, we just thank you that we are your sons. And we've been adopted into your family. And it's just so lovely to know that you're there for us as we're there for you. Father, we just pray that you would help us to be there for you at all times. Father, thank you so much for, for all that you are to each and every one of us. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the wind. We thank you for the beautiful clouds. We thank you for your creation. And Father, we were reminded earlier that you are in charge of this world. You rule this world, Father, and no matter what's happening, what's going on, we have no need to be fearful because you have promised that you will never leave us. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of new life um, and creation. And uh, we thank you especially for the, for the birth of, of Erin to uh, Jack and, and Nick and to uh, Quentin as grandparent. Lord, we just praise you and we pray blessing on that uh, new birth on, on Erin and her family today. We pray health and uh, that you just strengthen them as they uh, seek to, to raise Erin uh, in a way that honours you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lord, we do thank you and praise you for who you are. And we, we ask that you would accept the, the praises uh, from our hearts, the praises that have been spoken out and, and the praises have, that have been said quietly between our heart and yours. Amen. Well, our theme today is Proverbs and Friendship, and I'm pleased to say that Mark has prepared another All Age Talk for us. So, over to Mark. Hi, everyone. It's great to be back after a week away. Today, we're looking at friendship. So I thought it'd be helpful to look at a story of a couple of friends in the Bible. They're Jonathan and David. But who were Jonathan and David? Well, if you remember back to when we started our series on Proverbs, we looked at a guy called Solomon who asked God for wisdom. Solomon was the third king of Israel. His dad was King David, and David was the second king of Israel. But who was Jonathan? Well, you see, Jonathan was the son of the first king of Israel, King Saul. And this is their story. Saul had been chosen to be king of Israel by God. But after a while, Saul made some bad choices. He disobeyed God and rejected him. So God took his spirit away from Saul and decided to replace Saul as king. But it didn't happen immediately. God chose David to be king in Saul's place. But as he was still too young, Saul remained on the throne for some time. Anyway, because God's spirit was not with Saul anymore, Saul became very angry and he had mad fits of rage. The only thing that would calm him down was music. It just so happened that David was a talented musician and played the lyre and sang. So Saul sent for him, and whenever Saul got into a bad temper, David played for him and calmed him down. Saul kept David close at hand so that he could play whenever he was needed. While he was there, David became close friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. They did everything together and promised to look out for one another because they loved each other like brothers. At that time, Israel was attacked by the Philistines. They had a huge giant of a man called Goliath as their hero. Sadly, I haven't got time to tell you the whole story now, maybe another day. But suffice to say, David defeated Goliath. And the Israelites completely routed the Philistines. That means they defeated all of the Philistines as well. David soon became the hero of Israel. And all the people sang songs about him. They sang, 
Saul has killed his thousands, but David's killed his tens of thousands. This displeased Saul, and he became scared of David because he knew that God's spirit was with David and not with him. Saul planned to kill David, and one day, when he was in one of his rages, Saul threw a spear at David while he was playing for him. Thankfully, David got out of the way. Saul knew that Jonathan and David had become close friends. So he instructed Jonathan to kill David because he thought that David would be off guard while he was with Jonathan. But instead of killing him, Jonathan told David to be careful because his life was in danger and his dad wanted to kill him. Soon, there was a big feast called the New Moon Feast. David was supposed to be attending and sitting with King Saul and Jonathan. But because of their friendship, Jonathan said to David to hide on the first day of the feast. And Jonathan would see if Saul noticed that he was missing and was still angry. Or if it was safe for David to come to the feast. When Saul asked Jonathan why David was not there, Jonathan said he'd given permission for David to go and see his family and sacrifice with them at the time of the feast. This made Saul very angry. He ordered Jonathan to send for David so that he could be put to death. When Jonathan questioned why he should be put to death, Saul got even more angry. So Jonathan knew that it wasn't safe for David to return. The next morning, Jonathan went out to the field where David was hiding. He fired an arrow a long way past him. This was their signal for David to flee. David got up from his hiding place and he embraced Jonathan and they both cried because they knew they would not be able to see each other again. And then David left. Jonathan was a true friend of David's. He stood by him through thick and thin, even if it meant that his own life was at risk. He was not afraid to have those difficult conversations with David, however hard it was, because he loved David like himself. And you know what? We have an even better friend than Jonathan was to David. Jesus calls us his friends, as we'll hear from Martin in a minute. And he loves us so much that he actually did come and die for us so that we could be adopted into his family. Isn't that amazing? Thank you. Thank you, Mark. It's been really good over recent weeks to be able to hear from different people um, who are able to give us insight to the outworking, if you like, of um, 
some of the aspects of the messages that we've been hearing. And we're going to hear now from Leslie Koo. Thank you, Alison. Um, when Martin emailed me at the beginning of last week and asked me to do a testimony today, um, the email was quite complicated. I'm not going to read it to you, but uh, it needed a bit of reading between the lines and it seemed a bit daunting. But basically, I think that he wanted me to talk about friendship, but particularly in relation to the seniors ministry and to my home group. So here we go. Um, my father died when I was 17 and my mother died six months later. I had no brothers and sisters, so as you can imagine, friends have always been hugely important to me. When I became a Christian, I found that not only did I have a heavenly father, but also a true friend in Jesus who would never leave me. I think those early years have affected me all my life and certainly must have um, influenced my career in teaching as I always seem to end up doing pastoral work. And since I've retired, um, it's influenced my church role as well, I think. In 2011, when Adrian and I came back from Malaysia, uh, the Women's Fellowship had folded and I felt led to set up some sort of outreach to the more senior in our congregation, but also in the wider community and to men as well as to women. I remember going to see Simon and Mary and discussing what we might do and recognising that the day centre did an excellent job during the week. We decided to think about what we could do at the weekend when many older people in our community are so lonely. And so the Seniors Saturday special was born. We started off with just a handful of guests, but gradually it grew and grew so that we had between 30 and 45 every month at our coffee mornings and sometimes well over 60 to our afternoon tea parties. In fact, we joked and said we'd need an extension if we began to grow any more. The group included a group from the Grange nursing home who were pushed in their wheelchairs by their carers. As the numbers of guests grew, the more help we needed. And so one of the blessings of this ministry was working with an incredible team of volunteers, setting up the lounge, making cakes, serving cakes, and driving those who couldn't get here without our help. We often gave over 20, 25 people a lift to get here. At the coffee mornings and the tea parties, we had guest speakers and entertainers. And at the end, one of the team gave a gospel message related to the theme of the day which I think became bolder and bolder as time went on and definitely challenged them to think about Jesus and salvation. Our guests often talked about their love for our events and how there was a special atmosphere of affection and caring, which actually they didn't experience anywhere else. In between meetings, the core team would plan, would meet to plan and most importantly to pray all the arrangements for future meetings but also for individuals whether leaders or guests who needed a special touch from the Lord. I've used the past tense because of course we've been unable to meet since March and as I speak there doesn't seem any way in which we could resume. We keep in touch with as many as we can and I know that they really miss us. 
I hope that sometime soon we might be able to meet, albeit in a different COVID safe way. There's already talk of Christmas being cancelled, so I think we need to get our creative hats on and think of a way to bring Christmas blessings to all our contacts in the community, as well as to each other. For the last couple of years, I've also led Dorothy's home group. We started small, but we've grown to a membership of 14. And when lockdown started and Zoom was mentioned for the first time, I honestly thought, I have to say this, that given their average age, my group wouldn't be able to cope with Zoom. However, one of our associate members asked me if she could join our Zoom group. So I thought, my goodness, I've got to think again. If only one person wants to Zoom, then we need to do it. Unfortunately, not all our members have the technology, but one of them, one 92-year-old member who shall remain nameless, um, but she was so determined to participate that she bought an iPhone. And with Nigel's help, we've all got better at the Zoom technology. And as time goes on, I think we've become increasingly close friends. Last Wednesday, I asked the group to tell me how they felt about our meetings. It's interesting that they all say that they feel that their faith has grown over the last few months and they feel more able to share and open up now than they did before. And in fact, even if the virus was gone tomorrow, they would still want to have some Zoom meetings as well as live ones. I think the group has become much closer and that they definitely have spurred each other on to good deeds whether it be to other members in the group or to contacts in the wider community. By praying, picking up the phone, writing a little note of encouragement, or dropping off some flowers or something delicious to eat, they have been blessed and they have blessed others near and far. They sometimes find the questions difficult, but we've developed a system where I break them down, adding Bible references to look up and send them out a couple of days in advance and give each person a question to concentrate on. That was their idea, by the way. This helps them then to answer the questions as they can think and pray about them beforehand. But, and most importantly, it also ensures everyone makes a contribution. Before lockdown, not everyone in the group would pray out loud, but now they do. I think we all look forward to our meetings, sharing the word of God together, sharing in each other's joys, and encouraging each other when times are hard. If you don't go to a small group, I would really recommend that you do, especially now more than ever. Thank you. Thank you very much, Leslie. That was, that was really encouraging and a, a good example to, to all of us of how we can um, show friendship to one another in, in these very different times. We've already heard that uh, our friend Jesus gave his life for us. And um, before we hear the word this morning, we are going to have, have a time of communion. But uh, as we lead into that, we're going to be singing. So thank you, Steve.
Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to so highly exalted glorious in heaven above humbly you came to the earth you created all for love's sake became whole so here I sin upon that cross and I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross so here I am to worship here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me, so here I am to
these simple symbols of bread and of wine, we remember in the bread the body of Christ that was sacrificed for us. And in the wine, we remember the blood of Jesus that was shed for the forgiveness of sin. And his blood was shed to establish a new covenant relationship so that we could be friends of God. After we've shared in bread and wine, there'll be a, an open time of, of intercession um, where, as you feel led, please do unmute yourself and just speak out uh, prayers of, of intercession for family and friends and the world, um, asking Christ that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We remember the words of Paul, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this bread, which symbolizes your body. And thank you, Jesus, for your words. I am the bread of life. Whoever feeds on me will live forever. And so as we feed on this bread now, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would feed us with strength and power through your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this juice, which represents your bloodshed for the forgiveness and cleansing of our sin. And we ask now, Lord, that as we drink this wine, that you would reassure us that there is now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. Assure us, Lord, that we are forgiven. Assure us that we are yours, both now and for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. So just as Jesus took the bread and broke it and shared it with his disciples, so we take and eat, feeding with thanksgiving by faith on him. And as Jesus took the cup, we take this cup, drinking it with thanksgiving for Jesus' blood shed for us. An opportunity now as the Spirit leads. Please do unmute yourself and uh, pray as the Holy Spirit guides and prompts you. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you today for your loving kindness, for your care of my wonderful sister, Naomi, who's doing so incredibly well following addiction. Now, almost a year clean, I have my sister back, 
And for that, I'm eternally grateful to you, Lord. I know the huge part you've played in this journey, in our journey as a family. It's been painful and it's been difficult, but you are always there, always by our side, always leading and guiding us. And Lord, now as she starts college, um, she had her second day at college yesterday, uh, Friday, sorry, um, and is just loving life, Lord. And for that, I, I am just so eternally grateful and I pour out my heart to you and with thanksgiving and with praise that you will continue to minister to her particularly um, in what are very early days still. She's very strong. She's very aware of folk who are praying for her continually and that upholds her, uplifts her and helps her on this onward journey. So I thank and praise you, Lord, for everything that you've done in her life and to support us as a family through these very, very difficult and dark times. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name, I pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the safe arrival of little Aaron Anne um, on Saturday, coming in at, at 7 pounds and 11 ounces. Lord, I pray especially for Jacqueline as she um, seeks to mother and nurse little Aaron, and that Aaron will grow from strength to strength. But ultimately, Lord, that she will, as a younger girl and a lady, um, learn to grow in, and live her life following you um, in, her, in your footsteps. Lord, we thank you for the very safe delivery, um, almost perfect delivery, Father, and it's miraculous, and I praise you for that. But I ask for the parents, Lord, that you'll bless them, you'll help them to just um, nurture and grow little Aaron. Amen. Amen. Father God, I, I pray for our nation this morning. Lord, we are such a divided country in so many ways. Lord, I just pray that you will deliver us from this pandemic. I pray particularly for our leaders, for Boris Johnson, his cabinet, the health team who work with him. Lord, I just pray that you will give them wisdom. Lord, we don't really know what we're doing. We just try to follow instructions. And Lord, sometimes it feels like they don't know what they're doing either. Oh, Father God, they really need you. They really need your wisdom. Father, just take those men and women and imbue them with your wisdom and your love and draw them to you, Lord. So I just pray for this country this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Loving Father, I just pray for Roger as he undergoes tests this morning. I pray, Lord, that the tests will be proved positive, that he will find out exactly what's causing him his problems. So, Lord, I just thank you that he's been able to get this appointment 
And at the moment he's in the hospital having these tests. So Lord, I just pray that you will keep him safe and give Angela peace in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Dear Lord, I just want to um, lift up our son Sam, Mark and my son Sam, who's going through some difficult times again at the moment, just so that he will know that you are his child and that you are there for him and just help us to know what to do for the best for him, dear Lord. Amen. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus, mm, what our griefs and sorrows to bear. We thank you that you've made us a friend to your Father God through your death, through your life, through the resurrection of your body. Thank you for your spirit which helps us in our weakness. Yes. Help us, Lord, to be friends to those that are friendless. Help those that are lonely. Help us to be your arms, your legs, your heart to the hurting world. Yes. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Seems, seems right this morning to share in the family prayer that Jesus taught us. Let's say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Martin. And thank you, everybody who prayed. Our reading this morning is from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6 to 10. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Like a bird that flees its nest is anyone who flees from home. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Do not forsake your friend, or a friend of your family, and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbour nearby than a relative far away. Father God, we, we just thank you so much that uh, through Jesus we can become friends with God as, as Mike has prayed. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Mark, uh, for Martin, sorry, for everything that he's prepared. And we pray that you will use um, what he has to say to, to speak to each of us individually. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thank you, Alison, for, for leading us and for Steve, for some, again, for some beautiful worship. I don't about you, I, I just really have appreciated the, the prayer times this morning. So 
really feel a, a sense of connection uh, with you as much as we can in, in lockdown. But just hearing people pray out and uh, sharing their heart is really, really special, isn't it? And important at this time when connection is is, is more difficult. And uh, thank you for for, for your uh, prayers and participation. It's been really special uh, this morning. And thank you to Mark for a really great uh, telling of the story of uh, Jonathan and David. Really appreciate that. And Leslie's uh, testimony was great. So thank you so much, Leslie, for, for sharing that and for, yeah, just you more than uh, met my brief. So don't worry about that. That was, that was really, really great. So thank you. So uh, looking this morning at um, friendship in the book of Proverbs, which is another major, major theme. Um, we're just, we're finishing Proverbs um, next week. And there's many more themes that um, we, we could have looked at, but I'm kind of aware that drama series these days tend to be about six um, episodes in length. So we tend, to, we tend to aim for sort of six or seven in a series because um, kind of people think that way. So um, we're, we're finishing uh, Proverbs next week. Um, but um, I wanted to talk about friendship. I'm, I'm by nature quite introverted. And um, so intentionally, investing in friendships for me can feel sometimes like a bit of an effort however when i do make the effort i i benefit enormously from the support of friendship and particularly in this season of of lockdown i've really made more of an effort i think it's fair to say to stay in touch with friends um i even um picked up the phone not so long ago and rang a friend who i hadn't spoken to since i was at university i think it had been 22 years um, since I'd spoken to him and it's one of those things where you you think what do you say to somebody that you haven't spoken to for 22 years um so I, <laughs> I just said hi Steve and he said hi I said it's Martin oh Martin yeah yeah I said I don't know what to say to you it's been 22 years and he said that's okay he said how many kids have you got and we just kind of went from there you know we literally had to uh, to just start from from ground zero but Friendships have become really, really important to me in this season of lockdown. I'm, I'm sure they have uh, to you, but they take a bit of work, don't they? A um, bit of investment, um, a bit of energy. But you see, the blessing of friendship is built into us by God in creation. This is because friendship begins with God. It's who God is in the community of Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. There is a, a community of love between Father, Son and Spirit. And this heart of love overflows to us. God reaches out to us supremely in Jesus and invites us in to that wonderful, loving community of love that exists between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, 12, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Now, back in the Old Testament, it was an honour to be called the servant of the Lord. Um, that, that privilege only belonged to prophets. But an even higher honour was afforded to those who were described as the Lord's friend. And the Bible says of Moses in Exodus 33, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Um, it was only Abraham, the only other character in the, in the Old Testament, Abraham, apart from Moses, who had that title of being friend of God. Nobody else was allowed to get that close and personal with God. And now, because of Jesus, the amazing thing is that we are called friends of Jesus. 
Just as the disciples were called friends, we too are called friends. And so friendship begins with God in heaven and it comes down to earth through Jesus today. And whenever someone accepts Jesus as Lord and King, they cease being enemies of God and they are reconciled to him as friends. Jesus broke down the dividing wall of hostility that separated us from God, our sin. He took it and bore it and paid for it on the cross so that that wall could be smashed down and we could be friends of God. That's the miracle of the gospel. Um, but the wisdom of Proverbs guides us into how we can maintain our friendship with God. Remember this verse from early on that Tony preached on. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, that knowledge is not just head knowledge. It's also heart knowledge. It's about knowing God as our friend. And uh, fearing God, you remember, is about loving God, submitting to him, obeying him, worshipping him before every other thing. And so we love, when we love and worship and obey God, we gain knowledge of him. In other words, we, our friendship deepens with him. And the wisdom of Proverbs doesn't just guide us as to how we can be friends with God. It also guides us as to how we can make and keep friends with other Christians, but also with people outside of the church and draw them into the friendship that we found with Jesus. Um, it's as if God says to us as Christians, look, let's win more friends together for Jesus. Let's do this together. Let's draw more people in as friends of his together. Um, but So the wisdom of Proverbs guides us into how to create and keep good friendships. Um, so how do we make and keep uh, friendships from the book of uh, Proverbs? Um, this is a great verse. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In other words, a friend can be even closer than a brother, than a sibling. Now that's quite a statement in a Near Eastern culture where that was far more family orientated than we are. Our family are there for us, but it's not always the case that they will understand us as well as good friends. A friend, however, may stick with you over the years, even closer than a brother or even a sister. In the early stages of our lives, um, we were shaped most by our family, but for the rest of our lives, we will be largely shaped by our friends. We realized that on Friday as we dropped Sam off at university, it was almost a sense that of having to let go of our influence and hope that our influence has set him up uh, for friendship and for his own uh, life. And we become like the people whom we spend the most time with. Family relationships are just there and they're good for us. But friendship must be carefully and intentionally cultivated through spending time together. Many of us are learning through lockdown that maybe we've not invested enough time in our friendships. And it's been a good um, exercise for us to, to just work at staying in contact, of picking up the phone, of making that uh, connection, even if it's been decades in my case. So how how to develop good friendships from the book of uh, Proverbs. First of all, faithfulness. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. You see, a friend loves at all times through good 
and bad. Friends will be there for you when the chips are down. When you have little to give them, they will give to you. Um, so as a friend, you are not a means to an end or to a favour. They cherish you for who you are in yourself. Even when it's inconvenient, a friend will be there for you. Um, however, this means that the best and closest friendships take time and investment and everyone's time is limited. So while in theory we can have many friends, Proverbs 20 verse 6 is realistic. Many a man claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. In other words, this sort of faithful friend, they don't grow on trees, do they? And when we have them, we should grow them, cultivate them, treasure them. Second, Good friendships are based on accountability and vulnerability. Now you could apply um, th this to any relationship really in a, in a family too, but um, especially in friendships, accountability and vulnerability are key. Um, Proverbs 27 verse five, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. What are wounds from a friend? Well, real friends, tell each other things they need to hear, even if they are painful. I'm not very good at this. My voice wobbles and my hands shake when I have to speak the truth in love. Are you any, anybody else? Do you, I get all nervous and dry throated. I don't, I don't find this easy to do. But you know, when we take that step of courage, God honours it. And we've all had to say some tricky things to people, friends and family members. And God honours God honors us in that. And even with the squeaky, wobbly voice, I've managed to, uh, somehow, things have been reconciled and helped. So, so don't hold back. Um, if we're afraid to say what really needs to be um, said, we're not really helping our friend or the relationship. We're not, if we're not willing to be vulnerable with someone, that's not deep, close friendship. Um, we're kind of dancing around the issue and the elephant still is in the room. Every time we speak to that person, there's an elephant in the room and we need to deal with these things. Um, sometimes we need to hear an outside perspective uh, from a friend. Um, I don't know, have you ever, have you ever heard yourself on a, on a voice recording and thought, that's not me because your voice sounds so different. I certainly have. I, I always hear myself and I think, I don't sound like that. And yes, I do, because that's how other people hear me. Um, well, this is the same, isn't it? We don't always hear or see how we come across to other people. Um, we're unaware of how we sound or come across. And sometimes we need a friend to say, look, Martin, this is how you're coming across at this moment in time. You see, bad friends, poor friends, shallow friends will just flatter us in our faults, won't they? Proverbs 29 verse 5. Whoever flatters his neighbour is spreading a net for his feet. In other words, if you flatter somebody and never speak the truth to them in love, you're just going to trip yourself and them up, ultimately. You won't help them. Accountability and vulnerability are scary, but we all need it. We all need that kind of friendship. Um, if you're like me, you're a bit, of a, a bit of a coward when it comes to accountability and vulnerability. Well, just look at the cross. Come to Jesus. Remember that Jesus made himself so vulnerable that he was crucified on a cross for you and me, for our sin. That's how vulnerable he became. And the words of this friend who became vulnerable from the cross for us were, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. I wonder how many real friendships do you have with vulnerability at the core?
friends who will speak the truth to you in love. Third, good friendships are based on sensitivity. Um, I, hands up, we've all used humor or we've all said things insensitively and inappropriately at the, the, the wrong word at the wrong time. Um, we've all done it. Proverbs 26, verse 18. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Do you know that time when you realize that a joke has not gone down too well or a statement has, has kind of crash landed and you just tag on the end of what you've said? Oh, oh, by the way, I was only joking. And you can see that the damage has already been done. The person has already wounded. Yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? We just need to be um, sensitive in what we say. Um, we should never speak lightheartedly to a person who's grieving, as if kind of, you know, not taking their grief and, and sadness seriously. Proverbs 25, 20, like one who takes a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on sober, soda, is like one who sings songs to a heavy heart. You know, we should be sensitive. We need to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. If a friend is sad and is struggling, you know, we need to come alongside and share, empathize with them in that. Um, you see, again, Jesus tied his heart so closely to ours that it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross because he knew that that suffering would result in our joy. And so he tied his heart to ours. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He did that for our, your joy and my joy. He tied his heart to ours. Fourth, good friendships are based on giving and receiving wise counsel. Friends give heartfelt advice. 27 verse 9, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friends springs from his earnest counsel. Sometimes the advice from a friend is sweet and pleasant to receive. Sometimes friends, as I've already said, have to give us sharp and even painful advice where we need it. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. If you've ever had a, a relationship of accountability with another Christian, you might enter into a sort of relationship where you say, let's hold one another accountable. Let's ask one another about our prayer lives and about how we're doing in living out our Christian life. That's a really good thing to do, by the way. Get into a prayer partnership and just hold one another accountable because as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We can sharpen one another by holding one another accountable. How's your prayer life? How's your Bible reading going? You know, how are you, how are you living out your life as a Christian? That's a really good thing to do. But I wanna finish by just briefly talking about the special nature of Christian friendship. Um, we can have friends and we do have friends who are Christians, but we have friends who are not Christians. But I want to focus and finish off on Christian friendship, if I may. You see, Christian friendship is special because it creates a deep bond, very often with people who are different from us. When the church gets together, whether it's on Zoom or physically, have you ever seen such a diverse and eclectic group of people coming together anywhere, quite frankly? The age ranges, the, the educational, cultural backgrounds. Have, where else can you find such a diverse mix and group of people who would call themselves friends? 
And that's because um, friendships in the church are not based on uh, a kind of common interest like golf or bird watching or whatever um, other activity people get together for. We have a deep bond between us of the Holy Spirit. We are adopted sons and daughters. We are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever age we are, whatever background we are, we have a deep bond of friendship. But the thing that we have in common, of course, is faith in Christ. Christ has brought us into one family and he laid down his life to establish the church. And so we can lay down our lives for one another. C.S. Lewis, in an essay on friendship, says that all friendships start out like this. What? You two? I thought I was the only one. That's how friendships start off. Friends do not need to be alike. They just discover how much they have in common. As Christians, we have so much in common, don't we? Whatever our background is, whatever our education is, wherever we're from, whatever nation and country we're from, guess what we have in common? We have Jesus in common. He cares and loves us, each one, enough to take on our humanity. He loves and care, cares for each one of us enough to die for our sin. He cares enough about our future to give us the gift of eternal life. He understands and sympathizes with each one of us in our weakness, because guess what? He became a human being just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus shared the weakness and frailty of our humanity. And so we can say to Jesus, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And he listens and he understands. And he promises that as the son of God to intercede before the throne of grace to the Father. He promises us grace and mercy and help in our time of need. Brothers and sisters, don't we need one another's friendship in this season now more than ever? Don't we need to stay connected with one another now more than ever? Don't we need to lift the phone to one another now more than ever? Don't we need to send the text, write the email, and yes, do the socially distant visits to stay in touch. We need one another as friends in, in Christ. What a wonderful friend we have in Jesus, all our griefs to bear. We can take it, all of our sorrows, all of our joys, all of our struggles to God in prayer. Knowing that God has reached out to us in Jesus, the best and ultimate friend, God calls us today to deepen and cultivate and make friends inside the church, but outside the church for his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, the Jesus, that you left heaven. Um, you left the glory of heaven and you entered into our world and you did that light into darkness so that we could be friends with God. Thank you that you reached out to us in our sin and our brokenness and our alienation and you broke down that wall that divided us and you call us friends. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Martin. Well you won't be surprised to to hear that uh, our closing song is What a Friend We Have in Jesus and Steve's going to lead us in that now.
Jesus, for the indescribable privilege of being called your friends. And I pray that we will never take that lightly. There's a song that reminds us that we, we deserve his grace, but you give us friendship instead. And we thank you for that. We pray that you will enable us to be good friends to one another. True friends, as you would have us be. And we know that we, we fall, we, we fail at times, but we thank you that you have given us the insur assurance 
that he who has begun a good work in us will carry it on to completion. And we thank you for that. We know where work's in progress, but we know who it is that's doing the work in us, and we thank you. And now could we uh, let's say the grace to one another. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.